just laugh. <laughs> but, but that's a genuine question. Okay, first of all, yes, absolutely. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 21-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My favorite thing that I ate this week was a burger from Five Guys. All right, Jughead. And my name is Brittany. <laughs> I try so hard. And my name is Brittany Ray. I am a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And my favorite thing they ate this week was a steak from a restaurant that specialized in uh, pork. Today, we have words to say about episode 104 of Riverdale, chapter 4, The Last Picture Show. Can I first of all just say, before we start even talking about this episode, I cannot believe that this is only the fourth episode. Yeah, this world already feels so big. This feels like a season finale. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Grundy has only been in four episodes. It's Grundy's season finale. And like, Grundy Grundy and Archie are like the biggest thing in this whole show, pretty much. And then for the rest of the season, it's just going to be like, yeah, that was from the beginning of the season. And it's whatever. And oh, thank god that it's True. finally over. But, like, you know, you think about it, and you're like, three seasons from now, I'm not even going to remember. I mean, I, I'll remember, but you're not going to remember <laughs> Grundy ever. It's, abs- it's absolutely like, oh, it's, it's over. I have, yeah. I can relax now. So we're uh, going to start by talking about the whole storyline with Archie and Grundy and Betty. <sighs> if we must. <laughs> so, like, Fred, Fred has a cru- had a crush on, on Grundy, right? Uh, I feel like maybe a little, which makes me uncomfortable in my insidey parts. But I also think it's really funny, because then as soon as he finds out they were having an affair, he was like, ah! Ah, what? He's like, oh no! Fred went to bed that night, and he was like, that was a weird day. He's like, let's not tell anybody about that one. (laughs) Um, so he, like, asks her out for dinner, and he's like, let's take you out for dinner, and the fanciest place he can think of is Pop Tate's. Are there any other restaurants in Riverdale? It feels like no. Because apparently Riverdale's big enough to have, like, a gang and a whole <laughs> gang network, but not big enough to have more than one restaurant. But only as one restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay, ooh, I came up with something, and, like, maybe I am totally reading too much into this, and I probably am. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So, like, I think it was the first episode where they were like, here's a vanilla shake and a chocolate shake, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, they made that so obvious that the, the shakes must be important because Betty goes crazy last episode and now has a strawberry shake. Strawberry. Right? Uh, I... It's not vanilla anymore. It, I legitimately, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it matches her cute shirt. <laughs> True. I wonder, wow. if that, I wonder if that was Polly's favorite shake. Yo. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever find out. But what if we do? But what if we ever did? Hey, flashbacks exist for a reason. Dude, you know I, I love flashbacks. I know. So picture Polly and Betty flashback at Pop Tate's. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. I love flashbacks. I had no idea. Do you like shows with flashbacks? Yeah, <laughs> a specific one. So, 
how mildly irritated were you that this entire plot line actually had a point where you wound up being on Archie's team? Ah! Mm -hmm. I was just, I was literally just watching it like an hour ago and I was just like, why do I agree with you? It's, ugh, I hate it. Because as much as like his teen angst is annoying and his drama and his everything is about me, Archie was a victim. Eh. That, that sucked. And he really didn't understand what was happening. I, the part where um, Betty was trying to explain to him that Miss Grundy was isolating him from mm -hmm. his friends and family, just like Alice does to Betty. So Betty, mm -hmm. read the room here. I was like, that is exactly what's happening to Archie. And he doesn't even know it because he's a victim. It's sad. <sighs> um, so they're talking about their um, m movies and stuff that they would like to, <laughs> to, to do. And like, just really quickly, um, something that I picked up was that Jughead chose American Graffiti. Um, and I have seen that movie and I like it. Love that movie. But also he puts um, graffiti, he does graffiti later. He does. That's it. That's, that's my whole point on American Graffiti. He does some good old fashioned um, American Graffiti. Yep. And um, Betty chooses Rebel Without a Cause, which is what they end up choosing. Um, also, you know what I was thinking about? Hmm. If Jughead ends up having a love interest this season, which I'm pretty sure it has been said. Yeah. That, that will happen. Yeah. I will be upset unless it's Betty. Oh. That if would it's be Betty, nice. I'll be okay. Yeah. I, just, I thought about it and I was like, if it's Betty, I might like support that <laughs> i don't like i don't know how i'd feel about that in terms of like i just don't know if that chemistry is what they have between right. them but i don't hate the idea of it mm -hmm. yeah okay you can tell me on that well here's the thing like she's like we should choose rebel without a cause and he's like okay and he just chooses and he does it and he she said you should join the blue and gold and he was like okay i know okay so I'm on the Wikipedia page for Rebel Without a Cause right now, mm -hmm. and I just want to read out uh, a piece of this um, beginning paragraph here. Okay. okay. So first of all, it's a 1990 or a 1955 American film. It's a classic um, about emotionally confused suburban middle class teenagers. <laughs> And then blah, blah, blah. Uh, the film was a groundbreaking attempt to portray the moral decay of American youth, critique parental style, and explore the differences and conflicts between generations. Well. Yep. First of all, I, I have questions. Um, have you never seen Rebel Without a Cause? No, but I've seen American Graffiti. <laughs> She's like, I've seen one out of two. <laughs> wow, that is very on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, I, li I like how on the nose it is, though. Mm -hmm. Me too. I love when they do stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things about this show that they just kind of hit right in the park, and I'm like, yeah, I like it. So, like, Betty's like, I'm gonna go talk to Archie, and goes to talk to Archie, and I'm like, don't leave Fred and Grundy alone. Oh my god. What, what will they, happen? What do you think they talked about? I don't know, but I'm worried that Fred did some, like, shameless flirting. Ew. Yeah. Robin, don't say such gross things. Okay, sorry. Yeah. That's not on brand for me. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? That's my job. <laughs> sorry. Um, but my one of my actual favorite parts about this scene um, was after they go outside and Veronica's like, what are they talking about? Do we know what they're talking about? Is it about me? Is it me? Should I go? What's going on? And I'm like, I relate so much. <laughs> Be like, uh, if they're talking about me and why aren't they talking about me? And yeah. I'm going to go see if they're talking about me. <laughs> exactly. Same. My, 
The best thing ever about this confrontation is that Betty is just like, this is so illegal. And we're like, thank you. Finally, someone said it. It's so illegal. Like she points out that what they're doing is wrong. And then Archie is like, well, you're not going to write about me in the blue and gold, are you? What? Why are you worried about that? That's not even like, she just, what? That doesn't make any sense. No. Why would she do that? And She's not her mom. Exactly. And why would you be worried about that and not about the fact that you are a victim of, like, assault and all of these horrible things? Okay, I took a real long look at Jennifer Gibson's freaking driver's license and I have some things to say. Oh my god. Yeah. Go. Okay, well, I, I'm, I'll get there. Okay. Okay, so then the best thing is that Veronica comes out and realizes it and calls her his booty tutor. Veronica has jokes that I can't even. She just like comes on. up with them on the top of her head. I'm amazed. I, she's amazing, and so is her cape coat. Yes. Oh my God, it's so Veronica. I want one. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the huge burn that Archie said when he said that she believed in me when no one else would? Or no one else did. Mm -hmm. Like, excuse you, first of all. And also, believed in him doing what? Because if it's his music, then, like, Betty fully did that. They all listened to his demos at lunch. And told them they were good. Yeah. Betty, it was so good that Betty couldn't actually handle, like, how emotional it was to be around Archie and had to leave. Sorry Betty can't play a massive instrument. (sighs) This is just... He is, the problem is, Archie has a victim complex, but Archie's also a victim. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. But be nicer to Betty, you jerk. So Betty does this fake interview with Grundy. <laughs> I love her. The, the only real, like, first of all, both of those actresses did a fantastic job. Oh my god, <laughs> Can, you scene. could feel the discomfort. It was, yeah, but it was, like, great. Yeah. And um, the only real point that I got from that was that Grundy taught Jason. And what does that mean? Okay, what I got from that is that I don't actually understand how Grundy got this far. Mm -hmm. Because she's a terrible liar. Yeah. How did she fake all of her social media accounts, get a job at a school, and end up teaching kids with absolutely no lying skills? Yes, and, like, did she even, um, does she even have the credentials to do that? She absolutely doesn't. Okay, next point. So, the real Geraldine Grundy died seven years ago. R.I.P. Which is, like, they show a picture and I'm like, that's who I was expecting. Yes. That's who I thought we were actually going to be seeing. That's who I was sold. And if, if I'm choosing a new name and a new identity... God knows I'm not choosing freaking Geraldine Grundy as my name. Yeah, how did she even come across that? Did she walk up to, like, her gravestone and go, yeah, that's the one I'm picking. Yep, that's it. That's the one. Nailed it. That's how I go shopping for new names. So, like, she tries to give, she gives this, like, fake story, and then this other story that we're supposed to think is the truth that I'm kind of not sure about. But did she graduate Juilliard, or is she just saying that? Okay, My whole thing here is, are we ever going to see Grundy again? Because that's basically whether, like, that's the thing that'll make me decide whether I believe this or not. Um, her, 
actress only has credits for four episodes. Okay, so, so then... Possibly in later seasons, but not this season, I don't think. Okay, then I 100% don't believe any of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she was um, in high school band, and that's about it. One of my favorite moments in probably the entire episode was um, how proud she was after she broke into that box and she was talking about <laughs> Nancy Drew. She's like, I learned that one from Nancy Drew. And Veronica's <laughs> like, we don't have time for this, Miss Guyver. I want to talk about Jennifer Gibson now. Okay. Here's all the things that I got from her driver's license. Okay. So Jennifer Gibson is from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1982. That makes her around 35 years old. Hey, that's illegal. So illegal. Even more illegal than we thought. Yeah, because we thought maybe late 20s. Yeah. Gross. So her birthday was July 30th. She's five foot two. Her eyes are hazel. And she weighs 105 pounds, which is like nothing. Wait, if she's five foot two, then Archie is short as hell. Oh my god, I know. That's what I was thinking is they were giving, she, they were like hugging and I was like, what is he, five foot five? Yeah. I'm taller than him? Whoa. I don't know. But then, like, when he's walking with, like, Betty and Veronica, they're, like, similar heights, I think. I don't know. I don't remember, but I don't know. But he and Jughead are definitely the same height. I, like, paid attention to that. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I don't know. I just how assume you know how tall Cole Sprouse is. One second. <laughs> <laughs> how tall is Cole Sprouse? I bet Google can tell me. Google can tell you. He's 1.82 meters. That doesn't help me. I hate when they give it in centimeters. Like, I know I'm Canadian, but I just don't understand. No. 1.82 meters in feet. Thank you. What? He's 5 foot 10. Huh? Wait, Cole Sprouse is 5 10? We're the same height. <laughs> Wait, you're 5 10? I'm, yeah, 5 9, 5 10, yeah. I look up to you when we talk? Yes. Oh my god. You don't god. remember this? No. Blame my father for my height. Alright, okay, well, dad, it's your fault. Okay, I'm sure he's listening to this. I'm sure he is. <laughs> okay, so then, that means, that means, I'm doing KJ Appa's, like, <laughs> doing his accent, oh. I was about to talk to him, I guess. I was about to talk about him. So he's, he's around 5'10", so there's no freaking way she's 5'2", and I think that just means that her driver's license, pro like, props did a good job last episode but they messed up in this one thing but what if we just pretend that it was her lying about her height okay because she's lied about everything else now another interesting thing from like the last thing i have about this driver's license that i think is one of the most interesting things about it mm -hmm. is that it's a class d license so she's from minneapolis and so that's in minnesota and so here i am on drivinglaws.com um, oh my for God. minnesota um, and there are four classes of driver's licenses in Minnesota, and a Class D license holder is pretty much just, like, the, the biggest one that you can get, which means you can operate, like, all farm trucks, all emergency vehicles, recreational equipment, um, vehicle, you can tow things, carry more than 15 passengers. Holy like, crap. I, like, so, and then she has this, like, tiny bug, I guess. Maybe that's, so. like, how she picks up young men. She's like, everyone pile into this bus, this hockey team that I just picked up. Ugh. Oh, God, she's the worst. Yeah, she's kind of garbage. Kind of. A little bit garbagey. Just uh, a tiny bit, though. Uh, a lot. Yep. Okay, so she has a gun. Why does she have a gun? Here's the thing. I don't think that she killed Jason because we're not seeing her again this season. No, I don't think she did either. 
But I also don't buy the fact that she carries around a gun just because she was... And I'm not saying just because she was abused, because obviously that's terrible. But I still, like, do people do that? This is America, I'm confused. Okay, first of all, I am always on the side of believe the victim. Right. Which is why, obviously, I am team Archie in this entire relationship, even though Archie drives me crazy. Yep. But when she told that story, I was like, oh my god... This makes my heart hurt. And then you get to the end of the episode and you see her already preying on new young mm-hmm. boys, which means that... I don't believe yeah, her. Yeah, it was a line that she fed Archie to gain sympathy. So in that case, I think she has the gun perhaps because maybe she's not listed on IMDb, but because, you know, right? maybe she did the same thing with Jason and Polly found out and you wound up in a Grundy, Archie, Betty situation where... Jason wound up dead. And although I'm really not a fan of of Jennifer Gibson, mm-hmm. I I think that the woman who plays her is actually like pretty talented and I wouldn't mind seeing her again. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, I like her. So, if we see more of her, I won't be overly upset just because I think there might be an interesting mystery there with Jason, but I want them to keep addressing the fact that it was super illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, like rape and murder. Those are both illegal things, for the record. Um, so let's just fold in this small scene right here about um, how Alice and Hal confront Fred about... <sighs> he's, they're just like, hey, can you prevent your son from seeing our daughter? Because our daughter's not listening to us. But also, who do they think they are? The Dursleys? Right? Who's that Who's that nosy? <laughs> oh my gosh. My, fa- my favorite part of that scene was Fred, like, not caring about any of it, and then just going, are you spying on us? Fred was literally just, set, like, sipping tea while having that whole thing. <laughs> I just love Fred so much. Yeah. He's a good dude. Next question. <clears throat> so, Alice finds the gun in Betty's room, the reason, the only reason I can think of for Betty even taking the gun is just, like, because she thinks that she might shoot Archie. She thinks that Grundy might shoot Archie. Or, like, I was gonna say as evidence, but she's already compromised Mm. the evidence by breaking in and then getting her fingerprints all over it. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I can think that Betty actually still had it. But here's something that I think is overlooked in this scene that's actually really problematic. Hmm. Alice knows exactly where her diary is. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, has no qualms about just going through it as if she does that all the time. I have a feeling that she also did that to Polly. I think so, too, and I wonder if, at the beginning of the episode, when she came driving up, it was because she knew that Betty was going there because she, like, just, like... Like, I don't know if Betty would have written that in her diary, but maybe she did, and that's how she knew she was going to be there. I just... A parent who goes that much into their kid's life and doesn't create a trust bond between them is someone whose child is going to rebel no matter Mm -hmm. what. You cannot keep that tight a leash on Betty, especially since she's not doing anything except trying to help people. Right. I mean, she did go a little bit crazy on Chuck. Yeah, which which they're, like, pretty much ignoring, except for, like, one line from Ginger and or Tina, whichever one is. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> whichever one's which. Really quick, Hermione and Fred. 
were totally a thing. And they kissed in his truck. I knew it! (laughs) That's it. I knew it. Listen, they were the original Archie and Veronica. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will not be convinced otherwise. So then, the original Betty shows up after... So Hermione gets out of the truck, and this is another reason to love Fred Andrews, because Alice shows up and is ridiculous, and then says it's about the kids, and... Three seconds before she said that, he was just like, leave me alone. And as soon as she said that, he was like, gotta go. And he, like, immediately got out of the car and just, like, ditched Hermione, I guess. Yep. Who, I guess, didn't even notice that he was gone? Yeah, because then she was just, like, home after that. But he is such a good dad. He's the best. I love him. I wish he had a better son. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he was Betty's dad instead. Me too, because Hal is... Doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Well, he the only thing he did was teach her how to break into cars. Exactly. P.S. Second B&E with B&V. Yes. <laughs> so then, um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Archie buy, buys Grundy a new bow. Because he's planning on saying goodbye, because it's a goodbye present. So, like, Archie was going to do the right thing. You think? I think so, because he was like... I think he, because she's, he's, ugh, he said it was a goodbye present. Uh-huh. So, I, I think he was saying goodbye. I think they, I think he was breaking up with her. But then they wound up making out instead. No, they don't. Oh, I'm sorry, they were dancing. Yeah, they they kind of just, like, hugged. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a... Sensual hug. Uh, ugh. Sorry. Why are you the gross one today? <laughs> All, I, I used the word sensual. Is that gross? <laughs> it is when you're talking about those two. Sorry, okay. Jeez. It, it, it was a sensual hug. It was. <laughs> no, it was. It was a perfect description. <laughs> so, um, I'm having a great time. So, Alice comes barging in and calls Miss Grundy Mrs. Robinson. So, <laughs> I literally sat there and I was just like, her name's Gibson, you moron. No, Robin. So I did some uh, some research. Robin, why do you make me feel old? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I figured it out. It's about a, a, an extramarital affair with forty year young forty years younger dude. So that's it. I I I have no words. Uh, okay, so but I mean, yeah, <laughs> anyway. it's, a, it's a good joke. It's a good um, joke. So Betty threatens Alice and says that she will pretty much just, like, start saying bad things about their family. Okay, here's the thing. In this scene, unbelievably, Alice is in the right. Yes, agree. Miss Grundy should be arrested. She should be charged. The sheriff should be called. Alice Mm -hmm. was not going too far. She may have had a slightly crooked motive in it being more about Archie than it was about Miss Grundy, but everyone suddenly being like, Alice, you're going too far. I was like, no, no, no. She's the only one willing to go far enough. Yeah. Which is so weird. It's like, it's like the hundred where like all the morals are kind of skewed in this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I like that though, because it's introducing depth to characters that we didn't otherwise think we would get them from. Yeah. Like, you know, especially you have that with Alice and Hermione where they both have, Alice has a more relatable streak than you thought and Hermione has a darker one. Right. 
Especially in this episode, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of nice to see Alice doing the right thing, even if apparently no one agrees with her, including Fred. What the hell, dude? Yeah, come on, Fred. You'd think he, of all people, would be like, get away from my child. Because, like, I have even more points on how great Fred is later. Yeah. (laughs) After we talk about it. Like, when we're talking about other things, but in this one moment, I'm just like, Fred, just because you had a crush on her, too, doesn't mean it's, it's okay. It's not. Oh my god. Like, I don't want Fred to be the dad who's just like, oh, beat me to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? Yes! (laughs) Oh man. He should be like, why are you assaulting my son? Yeah, he should be up in front and not yelling at Alice for doing what needs to be done. Can you imagine if Mary Andrews was here? What? She would take care of business. Right? We don't know where she is, but... I assume she would be appalled at this. And, and we don't know how many thi- how many things, like, they've changed about her character or anything, but I know that she would be like, what is going on? Yeah. So another um, point that I wanted to make about that scene was that um, one of our sort of predictions is coming forward where um, Betty said, like mother, like daughter. Yep. So we know that Alice is also a psycho. <laughs> she had some kind of break that no one really talks about. Yeah, and that's probably why she's so obsessed with her, um, reputation. Yeah. Which is interesting, because in a lot of ways, she shares that obsession with Cheryl. Mm Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Um, so then later in the episode, I thought it was really nice that, um, Fred and Archie got to, like, share this, like, father-son hug, and that Archie was able to just, like, cry. Yeah, that was really cool. Because you don't get to see that super often, especially when he's, like, the beefy, like, main character. Yeah, he's allowed to sort of, he's allowed to be the more sensitive, like, antithesis of toxic masculinity, which I have Mm -hmm. to give Archie points for, is he never buys into the alpha male culture. He actively tries to work against it. So, Archie, Archie is a great feminist in the making, I think. I think so, too. And Mm -hmm. I think that he probably was before Grundy came in the picture, so I'm hoping that he reverts back to that once she's gone. He he needs so much therapy. I want to like him so much. Yeah, I'm I'm more on his team now that I really sort of understand his perspective and how badly he was duped by Miss Grundy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the next, uh, scene is pretty much just a conversation between Alice and Betty talking about how Betty isn't Polly and how she's her own person. Okay, but how chilling was it? That she made Alice say her name. Mm-hmm. I liked that. There's something very deeply, like, powerful about Betty. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I also think it's really, really nice, and I think it's the start of Archie coming back into himself, that he just, like, instantly forgives Betty. Yeah. I was really afraid that he was going to try and blame her for it. Mm-hmm. But he handled it like a grown-up, which really proves that he really does love Betty in his own way. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do have one thing that I'm kind of super nervous at. Okay. Which is that everyone sort of decides when Grundy says, I'll resign. They're like, okay, that's good enough. But... I don't think so. Yeah, the implications are that they just let a predator go. Yes, and especially at the end of the episode when we see her, like, getting ready to prey on these other dudes wearing the exact same thing. Precisely. So it means that... She's done this enough times and atoned enough ways in the sort of, like, doe-eyed, like, innocent way 
that people just let her go and then she just moves on to a new victim. Mm-hmm. So I really want something to come back and say, we made a mistake by letting Miss Grundy go because that was deeply disturbing. Yeah, I wonder if they'll see her in the news or something. Oh, that would be so messed up. Right? Yeah. So, uh, the next topic we're going to talk about is all the stuff that happens with Hermione and Veronica and Cheryl. So, can I first just say what happened to Cheryl's arc last episode? Yeah, it's like she... I guess with Cheryl, it's always one step forward, two steps back. Mm Mm-hmm. Because... You do see a little bit of that Cheryl when she decides to climb into the truck with Kevin and Veronica. True. But I think when she has to have the Blossom facade up, she is just the 90s teen stock character. Exactly. Yeah. Cheryl seems to have this thing with the color red. Uh, Of course she does. And I feel like that that probably has like a lot of different um, symbolic meanings. It's such a classic sort of femme fatale mm-hmm. trope color. Yeah. I'm jealous of her red Chanel bag, just by the way. Yeah. So the <laughs> South Side Serpents. Say First that five times alliteration. fast. South Side Serpents. South Side Serpents. South Side Serpents. <laughs> South Side Serpents. <laughs> I got, I almost got there. You almost did it. Um, so Hermione being shady is like a whole thing where we're learning more about the parents, which mm-hmm. is like a whole thing. <laughs> Of this show. Which I um, dig. I want to shout out to my sister, who is back from school uh, for reading week, who I was just watch- doing my rewatch with, and she was saying that it was kind of foreshadowing about learning um, that the guy who, sh- who Hermione was talking about was, um, actually was an old friend of hers, because she said, oh no, it's just an old friend. Yeah. So it's kind oh. of foreshadowing. Oh. Ooh. Go Callie. Go Callie. Shout out. Go Callie. Um, okay, and so pretty much what's happening is that Hermione is buying the Twilight Drive-In, like, for Hiram, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad that Josie's mom is, like, in on this kind of, like, shady deal. Yeah, because it means that she is a, a mare that can be bought. Yeah, and the thing is that, like, I kind of hoped that maybe she didn't know about the um the south side serpents part of it and it might be a little less shady that way but she felt like she kind of she she looked real guilty so we were kind of talking about the fact that cheryl goes and like sits with uh kevin and veronica which they're like so cute they're like bffs they're also i love kevin and veronica yeah because they were just all yeah snuggled up so like what exactly was cheryl's motive to going to sit with them like, was Rutina and Ginger just, not, like, not planning to go, or what? Honest to God, I think it's that Cheryl ha- just needed a break from being Cheryl, and she wanted to snuggle up with someone. Like, Cheryl wants real friends. I have another thing. Okay. Another acting thing. Okay. So, Cheryl has uh, this Twizzler, or, like, Red Vine, or whatever, whatever it, it, it happens to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, so... For anybody who doesn't know what continuity is, it's pretty much just, like, having to do the same thing over and over and over again so that you can cut different shots together and it will look like it's one thing. Um, Cheryl has this Twizzler, and instead of taking the Twizzler and biting it and chewing it, she just puts it in her mouth, sucks on it, and then takes it out so that she doesn't need to have a new Twizzler every time. Oh my god, bet actually how in character is that for Cheryl? 
Right? She just wants the taste of it, but she doesn't want the calories, so she's not going to eat it. Right? Oh, that's kind of brilliant. After all of this happens, and Hermione's at home and talking to her, and she's talking about all the things that they had when they were in New York and everything, take a look at Veronica's character development just from New York to here. Yep. She's saying those are just things. So, like, I wish that we kind of had that Veronica more in the first episode, just so that we could see that arc, because... Right now, it just seems like it was kind of a switch for her. Yeah, I want to see, like, what... I mean, from the comics, we know what previous Veronica was like a little bit. But I want to know what the flip was. Was it Hiram getting arrested? Like, what is really the catalyst for Veronica's change here? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can see through her relationships with Archie and Betty and Kevin that people obviously mean more to her than things do, but we haven't seen the materialistic Veronica. Right. So, because when she was talking about, you know, your Hermes bag or dinner and stuff, I was like, those are things that Veronica doesn't really care about. Right. She'd rather just go to Pops and hang out with her friends. Exactly. And she can do it in a beautiful cape, but she doesn't really care. Right. Hmm. My joke of the podcast is... That when Cheryl was sassing Hermione, and Hermione clapped back, what was the line? Uh, she said something like, I went to school with your mother, Cheryl, and she didn't know the difference between having money and having class either. <laughs> Cheryl got served twice that night. Okay, that's yeah. it. That was my joke. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good. Okay, um, so now we're going to move on to all the stuff that happens with the Kellers. I love them. So... I, yeah, I love them too. They, I mean, Kevin Kevin has been great. He was garbagey that, like, one time, and now he's, like, back mm-hmm. to being okay. And I don't want to, like, keep, like, it, it wasn't good what he did, but, yeah, you know, he seems to be okay now. And it's also, they're trying to find the character too, right? Yeah. I want to talk about how amazing Kevin's dad is. Oh my gosh, I literally wrote down, Sheriff Keller is the best with three exclamation points in all caps. Yes! He He's is so great. Oh my gosh, we were talking about how important it was that Abby Griffin talked to her daughter about how it was okay and it was great that she was in a not straight relationship, which like isn't even a thing in that universe. Yeah, we're talking about our 100 podcast. But here we have a parent who's not even like weirdly awkwardly skirting around, uh, are there any gay boys at your school? He's literally just like asking. Yeah, here's a parent who not only accepts his son, but knows him so damn well that he says no cruising for guys. And I'm like, okay, one, that could have been mildly homophobic just because, like, there's a lot of, like, ugly textual stuff with, like, uh, you know, the LGBT community being more sexually, like, explicit and a lot of weird stuff. But in this instance, it was he knew that Kevin was going to go hook up with someone at the drive-in, and he was right. And, like, Kevin didn't even be like, oh, man, Dad, you're so embarrassing. He was just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, all right, I won't, but I'm going to. (laughs) They're like Fred and Archie, but better. Because they're telling each other the truth just all the time. Where's Kevin's mom? I wonder. Mm -hmm. We seem to have a lot of single parents, and I want to know. I want to know. (laughs) 
Oh, that's a great point. The only really married couple we see is the worst married couple ever. And also the Blossoms, but we don't see a whole lot of them. Also, can we just talk about the on-the-nose imagery of us seeing Cheryl with her parents in the beginning? <laughs> and they're yeah. surrounded by orchids. Yeah. It's like, oh, so y'all are surrounded by flowers? Gotcha. Okay. 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 But yeah, uh, I think it's really important in media to see supportive parents who are not afraid of their kids. And who love them regardless. We also took a, a, a good long look at um, his wall and everything that he had up there. So we didn't get a whole lot. A lot of it was um, words and blurry photos that we couldn't really see. But what we did see mm-hmm. was a, uh, a sticky note that said tire tread imprint. Um, there was oh. a picture of Grundy up there. Uh, Alice, a picture of Alice. And a, one of her articles that said, Riverdale, are we safe? There was a picture of um, Alice and Hal. We think it was Alice and Hal with a sticky note that said remorse on it. Oh. Yeah. There's also a picture of Hermione and a picture of Veronica, but they're on like separate places on the wall. So that's what we got from that. But most so, of it was illegible. This can't all be connected to Jason, can it? Um, well, like, all the, like, red threads are, like, intersecting all over the wall, so it kind of feels like it is. Interesting. Or yeah. I thought maybe, possibly, part of it could be, um, Polly? Mm. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, but, like, wow, that's not that's supposed to be, that's not supposed to be a mystery. Polly isn't supposed to be a mystery. No. But I kind of wonder if the sheriff has a different perspective on it. Oh, just, it. like, thinking about it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um... Okay, so we get, I think, our very first glimpse of Midge. <gasps> right? And she's blonde. How excited were you? With, like, long hair. <laughs> I'm like, how am I supposed to know that's Midge if she doesn't have short black hair? I, honestly, I saw that and I was like, Robin's going to freak out. But also, that does not, like, look like Midge. So maybe that's just, like, another girl that Moose cheats on Midge with? Here is the reason why I don't think that's true. It's because Midge is the only name in the playbook by Moose's name. Right, okay. So that's why I think that that was just Midge. All right. And Kevin also said he was, uh, they, that they were together long term. So I just assume it's Midge. Please let it be Midge. Well, R.I.P. Midge's black hair. Yeah. yeah, right? Anyone who hasn't read the comics, please go Google Midge. Because she's so beautiful. And I just kind of wanted is. her to look like that. Yes! I'm literally gonna Google Moose and Midge and see what comes up right now. You can rock short hair. Yes. Oh, look at them! Oh, look at- Oh! I love Moose and Midge so much. My favorite part about this is that none of us can see what you see. I know. (laughs) I just love them. Oh my gosh, the first picture is so cute. Anyway, everyone look up Moose and Midge and look on (laughs) uh, images. (laughs) My sister is sitting right beside me and uh, she is on her phone Googling Moose and Midge thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, um, so blah, blah, blah. So uh, they were like saying mean things to the Southside Serpents and then so this dude comes up and you hear the fence clanking and you think, oh crap, he's getting beat up. Mm, He's getting something. Nope. Gay, thank God. No, <laughs> um, so I support this. Hell yes. Okay, can I talk about how Romeo and Juliet this is? Oh God, yes, please do. That's pretty much it. It's just real Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> You're like, can I talk about this? Actually, you know what? No, that was my one thought. That, that was pretty much it. Okay, dude, he has a dark mark. 
What? Like a tattoo? Yeah, he oh, has I'm a dark sorry, mark. A tattoo? Like, like, like the Death Eaters. Oh, dear. But it's on his right arm, and the Death Eaters always have it on their left arm, so, like, what does that mean? Well, that's probably the tattoo of the Southside Serpents. Well, yeah, but also, like, take a look at the dark mark, and then take a look at that. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, his name is Joaquin. Okay, last thing. Their house is broken into. Yeah. Who, who did that? I have no answers for this. Do you have any theories? Not, not right now. Not really. Okay, I have a theory. My hand's up. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, please, you. Um, I think it was Polly. Do you? Yep. I think- I think- I'm worried that we're- we're both too obsessed with Polly. I mean, that's probably true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, whoever it was then, it slash- Polly slash Jason's murderer. Okay, yeah. Um, I- but I think I want to rule out- Alice Cooper, just because I feel like she has access to all this information anyway. Yeah, I feel like she's already done too much this episode. Yeah. Um, but Dark Horse choice, Betty? Wow. Mm. What What makes you think that? Well, Dark Betty doesn't tend to remember the things she does. Oh my god! Who is this person? Right? <laughs> okay, wow, okay. Um, lastly, we're gonna talk about all the stuff, uh, about Jughead. What do you mean, we? I mean, I, I, I have enough to just talk by myself if you want. Robin's gonna have a whole freak out about Jughead, and I'm gonna sit here and just have a good time. Okay, if you have any, any actual points, go ahead and just, uh, I actually, come right in, okay? I actually do have a point that I, I need you to react to. Okay, do you want to do that first? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you know why we haven't seen Jughead eat anything? Why? Because he's, like, living in the movie theater and he can't afford to eat out. So he just eats popcorn? Yeah. And drinks coffee? Yeah. That makes me sad inside. Okay. Should I talk about my reaction video now? Yeah, I absolutely think the whole world should hear about this. So, I was, uh, I was doing a musical on Thursday night, and so I wasn't able to watch live, and so I'm getting tweets all through, like, the show saying you have to record your reaction to the end of the episode. And so I thought, okay, I will record this for my five friends who want to see it. That sounds good. So I did. And it's pretty much just a full two minutes of me crying. <laughs> and so I upload it and who finds it and retweets it? Why the girl who plays Betty does. Shout out to Lily. Shout out to her. And also shout out to the girl who plays Veronica who liked it. And then, now it has, as of, as of this recording, <laughs> over 400 likes and over 100 retweets. Stop laughing. I hate you. It's a very embarrassing video. That's why it's funny. Anyway, moving the frick on. You are Let me just mean. start talking. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. I'm about to bring up a minor character. Whoa. Her name is Sarah. Okay. Do you know who this is? I, I honestly don't. Uh, she's the waitress who gives Jughead coffee at the beginning of the episode. Oh, my good lord. <laughs> her, her, uh, her name tag says Sarah, so. Okay. Uh-huh. Looking forward to more backstory on Sarah. Sure, Jan. Um, okay. Small points going quickly here, okay? Because mm -hmm. I don't want to take up the entire podcast talking about freaking Jughead. I would have loved that. So, did... Hmm, question. Mm -hmm. 
At the very beginning of the episode, Jughead is writing about the Twilight Diner and calls it his home away from home. Is that Jughead just being like, no one needs to know I live here? Or is it the writers being like, ooh, can't tell people yet. It's a twist at the end. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the writers being cheeky. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing, Jughead loves to drive in. He does, like, a rant, which just, like, feels like Cody Martin. It just feels like him. Feels like so who? It was, like, Cody Martin. Zach oh. and Cody Martin. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm sorry. It's just like a rant that, it's it's a rant that Cody would make, and so it brought me joy. Um, Rob also, is talking about the Disney television show, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, for those of us who are old and don't get that reference. Okay, okay, okay. 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 All right. So, <laughs> Betty calls Jughead Juggy, but he calls her Bets, which is cute. Okay, that's friends. it. Next. Um, okay, okay. Ooh, big question. Big theory, Kay? Mm-hmm. Andrew's construction is going to be demolishing the, the diner, or the, what am I saying? The drive-in. Yeah. And will Fred find Jughead's cot and then find a way to have him live at their house or something? <gasps> oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's, that's something I hope happens. And Fred is the kind of get- dad where he would do that immediately. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. Um, next question. Jelly Bean. The fact oh. the fact that we meet his dad and we go, I, my first question is, what, what is this naming process, sir? Listen, I'm just going to say something that we're all thinking for those of us who are trashy. Yep. Chughead's dad is really hot. All right. Okay. Continue on. Is Jelly Bean dead? I do not think Jelly Bean is dead. You don't? No. Okay. I think like she's maybe Jelly Bean is somewhere with uh, Jughead's mom. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so can we just talk about also that Fred Andrews, every time he has to, like, break bad news to somebody, it's always in, like, the most reasonable way ever. Because when he was like, Hermione, I can't give you a job, because how bad would it look if I had you balancing my books when your husband's in jail for pretty much just being bad at balancing books <laughs> and you're like that's that makes sense sure and now he's just like Jughead I had to fire your dad because he was stealing stuff and you're like yeah, I mean that makes sense that makes perfect sense every time he does something you're like yep and it's that kind guy of, knows what's up it's so unfair of Jughead even though I so understand for him to be like well I'm mad at you about that and it's like but Juggy, he but had Juggie, to like, yeah okay did Jughead's dad, I wish he had a name so that I could stop calling him that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. Jones? Like, what am I supposed to do? <gasps> if Jughead is Jughead Jones the third, what if he's Jughead Jones the second? <laughs> Brittany! <laughs> Brittany, say words about this. Don't just laugh. I can't. Okay, first of all, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, his name is Jughead Jones II. Oh my god! But I bet he renamed himself to something more badass so that he could fit in with the snakes. I guess that's probably true. Also, he's like, Jughead was here, and he's like, me too, I was also here. You should be Jugheads were here. He's like, y'all can call me Jug. (laughs) Um, So, do you think that um, Jughead's dad was working uh, at Andrew's Construction and got fired before or after becoming a serpent? Um, Definitely. I'm actually kind of torn on this one because 
I wonder if he started stealing as part of, like, his descent into going into the Serpents. And, like, mm-hmm. his job with Archie's dad was sort of, like, the one last Hail Mary to try and straighten his life out. Right. Or is that the thing, like, the catalyst for him becoming a Serpent? Exactly. Okay. I'm kind of hoping we find out because he's interesting. Me too. I would like to know more about him. Yeah. Next question. So we were just watching the episode on Netflix with subtitles. Mm -hmm. And since he doesn't really have a name yet, whenever he would have a line, uh, they would call him FP. And I have no idea what that stands for. So that's just something to think about. I don't even have any theories as to what that would possibly mean. Okay. But that's just something. I love that this is a podcast of questions. It's pretty much just questions I have no answers. (laughs) Okay, see. Oh, okay. So the song that begins to play is called Waves, and it's by Dean Lewis. And I've been listening to it nonstop because it is a beautiful song and so perfect, and I'm obsessed with it. Whoa, I was not expecting that from you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Robin's talking about music. Cool. No, but it was a a really pretty song, and they used it really well. Yeah, And it was the great soundtrack to you crying. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. You're cool. welcome. I did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, so then there's a picture of him and Jellybean at the drive-in, mm. and it's very cute. Um, Jellybean. And then he talks about how maybe they will keep all the pieces and then rebuild it in a hundred years and think about who they were. And I don't, I don't, I, I feel like that's just kind of like a deep thing that the novelist Jughead thought about, and I don't think there's like really any merit to that. Okay, so here's my theory on that line. Okay. Jughead thought of that in the middle of the night. And he was mm-hmm. like, that's good. So he like, rolled that's over. Good. I'm going to say that. Yeah. He wrote it down and he was like, I'm going to find someone to wax philosophical about about this theater at some point, And I'm going to use that line. Mm-hmm. And he did it. <laughs> okay. I really want to know more about Jughead's dad. But also, it makes me sad because he chose to help get the drive in torn down, even though he knew that his son was living there. And he probably made a profit from it. And you know none of that money is going to Jughead. Yes, but next question. Did he do that maliciously or did he do that because he needed the money? And is that excusable? I think he did it because he needed the money. And I think he did it maliciously. I think it's both. Because there's, he asks Jughead where he's going to live. He doesn't offer to help. He doesn't, it's none of that. It's he now has money, and Jughead has nowhere to live, and he does not try and help Jughead. Exactly. Another Cali credit question Mm -hmm. is if he had said, where are you going to live now? And he had said, I don't know yet, or like, I don't know, would he have invited him to join the Serpents? That's probably a conversation they've had a bazillion times. Yeah. You know what? I think so, too. And I feel like Jughead's like, if I join the Serpents, can I keep my laptop? Like... (laughs) So, I mean, I feel like that's probably possibly, why he's not. or he's trying to keep him away from the serpents. Right. Yeah. I'm just hoping that Jughead's dad ends up being an okay dad, is what I'm hoping. Maybe Hermione will have a good influence on him. Yes. Maybe they'll hook up. <laughs> yes, we are ready. I'm not opposed, to be perfectly honest. That. Um, Okay. Yes, we are ready for segments. So now it's time to move on to our segments, and my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark, and the answer is yes, always yes, although (laughs) as every episode goes by, I'm getting more and more nervous. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, It's okay, I just know that it's not long-lived. 
but that perhaps it will make a resurgence. Yes. So we must hold out hope. Yes. And honestly, no matter what happens, I'm still going to, like, believe. Yes. Especially. Yes. Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, my segment is seen in Vancouver, and this week, um, the street that Betty lives on slash Archie lives on, I'm not 100% sure where it is. To me, it kind of looks like Shaughnessy. So I'm going to do some research, but yeah. Um, a fun fact about those places is that they're about $10 million a house. Because it's Vancouver! Wow. Okay, that was seen in Vancouver. And we're going to be doing the Best Line Award uh, again. And my best line goes to, surprise, Jughead! <laughs> and it's, I'm trying to hold on to something a lot older than me, too. And my favorite line was chosen by Robin and myself, both completely independently, because she knows me that well. Um, <laughs> and it is from Veronica, and it is, you may be a stock character from a 90s TV movie, but I'm not she's a boss. Uh, and our honorable mention goes to the Kellers for Sheriff Keller saying, isn't there a nice gay kid at your school? And Kevin going, yeah, there is. Me. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too, and we will be discussing this week's episode uh, this week. <laughs> that makes sense. That works out nicely. Thanks. Uh, coming soon, uh, <laughs> coming soon, our Lost podcast, which wrong. I'm not excited <laughs> about at all. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter at, at The Aficionados. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything you'd like us to discuss or you'd like to discuss with us. We are always happy to reply and use a lot of GIFs. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash The Aficionados. We also have a Patreon because our costs are a lot higher than we thought they were. So if you guys have any, you know, spare change laying around, any of that, you can hit us up on patreon.com slash And we appreciate anything that you guys can contribute, even if it's just a retweet. Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And Instagram and Snapchat and all those things. Same username. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia with two T's and an underscore at the end. And uh, all my other social media is Britter's Ray. So, yeah. <laughs> and next week we'll be talking about episode 105, which is chapter 5, Heart of Darkness. Ooh. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>